Hail Jesus, you're my King. Hail Jesus, you're my King. Your life frees me to sing. Your life frees me to sing. I will praise you all my day. praise you all my day. You're perfect in all your ways. Jesus, you're my Lord. I will obey your word. I want to see your kingdom come. Not my will, but yours be done. Glory, glory to the Lamb. You take me to the Lamb. Okay, we're glad each of you are here. If you would stand, we'll have our opening prayer in just a moment. And, um, Freddie, do you have the uh, microphone? Oh, you're going to come up here. Okay, come on up. And, um, uh, Freddie is going to lead us in our opening prayer. And we have a special guest with us today. I'll talk to you more about him in just a moment, but we're certainly glad that. Uh, Mark and Sarah Harris are here with us this morning and I'll tell you more about him in just a minute but uh, Freddie would you lead us in prayer please dear Lord God I just pray and thank you for having a church that we can come to to learn more about you and your son dear Lord God I just pray that you be with us as we're here today that we understand and take what we get with us dear Lord God Lord, just be with us and help us throughout whatever things we have to do. I pray and thank you for sending Pastor Mark, because I knew him before and the pastor knew him before, and I really enjoy having him here. I just pray, dear Lord God, that the words he gives us is what you want to hear. We want to hear. I pray and ask this, dear Lord God, in your Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right. We are, you may be seated. We are very thankful that Mark is able to be with us. I've known Mark now for six years. Six whole years. <laughs> and uh, uh, we've been friends over that period of time. And, and uh, 
uh, communicated back and forth. He, do you still come to uh, Panama once a year? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, his job allows him to have several weeks off, and uh, uh, he came and helped the church in uh, David different times, and, and uh, they have an orphanage, and uh, he was uh, helping with that a lot. And um, uh, so I met him when uh, Wanda and I came six years ago to do a survey to find out if there was a need for an English-speaking work in Panama. And uh, we found out there was, but it took us a little while to get here. It took us a couple of years after that for us to actually get here. We've been here just about four years now, Bob. Just about four years. And uh, uh, we're very thankful for each of you being a part of our congregation. All right, I need to tell you, I'm told this morning, about these little deals. They're back on that back table back there. They're plastic. These are our offering envelopes now. Okay? So it shows you back there what you can do to fill these out and uh, us have a record of your offering. And uh, so it's just as good as the paper envelopes that we were using. And we're going to go ahead and call them envelopes. I know it's a bag, but it's going to be called an envelope for your offering, okay? And uh, these are on that back table back there. And as I said, uh, Wanda has made a little sign back there, and it shows you what we need to do to... Oh, I don't have my microphone on. Good. Uh, shows us what we need to do to put our offering in it. Can everybody hear me okay? Yeah. All right, we've got a speaker back at the back. And a speaker up at the front now. Well, they were both supposed to be at the back. But we needed two connections, or uh, Frank did, to hook it up that we don't have yet. And it was ordered, but it's coming tomorrow. <laughs> so anyway, next week when we come, when you come, hopefully we'll have both speakers back at the back. But this is probably going to help you People back at the back, Julie, you weren't able to hear too well back there some of the things that were said, right? No, I thought I was fine. <laughs> you, you were just fine, okay. <laughs> All right. But uh, some people weren't able to hear too well, and uh, so hopefully this will help. And if we need to continue to have some speakers up here at the front, we can get some more and have speakers in the back and in the front. We're going to try it to see how it works out next week with just two speakers in the back. I th uh, and we've got one up here, so I know people up here are getting the sound and people back there are getting the sound. But uh, it's lopsided. It's not stereo, is it? <laughs> and uh, so uh, next week we'll have it fixed better. All right. Uh, Frank, come and give us the uh, prayer updates today. I guess we need to pray about our projector because it's not working for some reason. I got to figure it out, but uh, yeah, that just broke a while ago, so we won't have any uh, <clears throat> anything to see up there today. I don't think. Um, I was talking to Daniel. That's a chopsticks manager over there, the owner, and um, he's been on our prayer list before. And uh, I think it was yesterday. Was it right? Yesterday. I, I think it was yesterday. He was. Uh, doing his job in there and he had a, a grease uh, 
pit where he was uh, doing something with it anyway. The grease kind of came up and the fire came up and it went into his face. I just talked to him a while ago. He's actually working, but he's, he's resting right now. Uh, it really it was really a serious thing. I mean, he had to go to the doctor. He had, his eyes was kind of white and he did some treatment on him. And I think he, hopefully he's gonna recover fully, but he said he's in a lot of pain. And uh, obviously he's, he's lucky and he's blessed that he's not blind uh, because the fire come up and he just, it was engulfed his eyes totally. So we definitely need to pray, pray about him and his situation. Well, what is his name? Daniel. His full name? Prayer, what is his full name? Higgins, Daniel Higgins. Daniel Higgins. Yeah. Okay, and that's basically all I really have. Uh, thank you. All right, any other prayer concerns that you know about that we need to... Oh. <laughs> Did you get the wrong one? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, David? I, I have a prayer concern. Okay. I'm affiliated with people in the movie industry as well as rock and roll industry. For example, David Geffen, he's a gentleman that he owns 3M. He's sold various corporations, uh, ownership. A wonderful soul, and I need his help with Bokeh. His mother and my wife were very, very good friends uh, because of the Yacht Club. I need David's uh, Please, if you could pray. David Geffen, G-E-F-F-E-N, and please pray for him for me to intertwine with him because I need his astuteness so badly. Yeah. He is so astute person. He worked, he has worked with Spielberg, he has worked with Lennon, he worked with John, um, John Lennon. He helped John Lennon in his time that he needed help. Mm. And he was very depressed and he just uh, wrote uh, Double Fantasy, and which is a work uh, CD album. Uh -huh. He was worried, John was very worried, and how do I know, because a good friend of mine told me, which lives in New York, she was taking care of his hotel. And she talked to me and said, David, John is really down, he's depressed. And David Geffen pulled him out. Well, good. And he made Double Fantasy, Triple Platinum, and that's what John was looking forward to, and he thought he would never do it. And God blessed him, the Lord Jesus Christ came in to David, it blossomed, and Yoko was so happy. And it's remarkable what he what he wrote. And it was a work that was incredible on a high level <coughs> work, yeah. music work. Yeah. I need David Geffen's astuteness. If you could please pray. He's talking about for the uh, Bocchetti Hospital, and uh, so uh, we're praying that that's going to be a, a work that gets done and and uh, uh, and soon. Thanks, David. All right. Any other prayer concerns this morning? If not, we're going to try to sing. Did we get something? Not yet. Stall a little bit. Huh? All right. Uh, oh, you want me to just preach? I can do that. <laughs> well, we are certainly glad that you're here this morning. And um, I don't think I'm going to put my microphone on today. Because... Uh, we do have a guest speaker this morning, and I know you're going to be glad that you came, because uh, I'm told at least 
that Mark is a good preacher. Now, I've never heard Mark preach. <laughs> I've heard him teach, but I've never heard him preach. And uh, uh, we are, oh, it's not going to work. Huh? All right. Well, our song is His Name is Wonderful. So hopefully we can just sing this without the words on the screen. Let's stand together and we'll sing. You may be seated. Mark, if you would come and bring the message that God's laid on your heart. And we're praying for you, but we're glad that you're here. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Brother Steve, for inviting me. And um, it's good to see Freddie again. I've known him for about six years as well. I had some mic on and um, several others had the, prob the opportunity to preach and teach in David for a number of years. Uh, I taught an English class there each week when I was here. Uh, my job allows me the luxury of traveling and um, um, let me turn this on here. Can you hear me okay? But um, I get the chance to travel and um, I'm in Panama usually three to six months depending on what is going on at the time. Uh, how many doors God's opened up for me to, to share, to preach. And when I come to Panama, um, my only prayer for God is, Lord, when I come to Panama, please open doors for me if you want me to be used. If not, help me be an encouragement to those that I meet. Help me to show the love of Christ to the people that I come in contact with. Amen. Every year, I have the privilege to come to Panama. Um, and my first time I was in Panama was in 1989 just a few months after the invasion. 
Uh, I preached at Balboa Heights uh, Church in uh, Panama City to about 500 Marines, a Navy personnel, an Army personnel at the same church. And uh, Dr. Al Sly was the pastor at that time. And, and, and what a blessing to see all the different groups of servicemen together and getting along fine. And uh, you know, when you hear they don't get along very fine, but it was, it was a real pleasure. I came to David with a friend of mine uh, who used to be a missionary here. He had started a church in El Valle, and I was preaching in El Valle in a, in a missions conference there for um, Brother Willis. And eventually, he started a church in David, and I was able to preach in that church in his house when he first started the church. We had about 25 people. Um, within a year, it was 50 people. Within a couple of years, it's running over 100, and now it runs somewhere between 500 and 800 people. Wow. They have two services every week, and God is doing a, a mighty work there. Brother Jose Guerra is the pastor there now, and he's a, doing an exceptional job. But one of the main focuses I have when I come to Panama is to work in the orphanage. Uh, yes, sir. Where is the orphanage? It's in Los Lobos. Yes, is it, is it enormous? It's it's a uh, well, we used to, we had thirty nine kids right now. There's about twenty what, about twenty six. The reason why I'm asking about that is because there's a friend of mine, Doctor Ruiz. The Panamanian government has given. I saw the paper which she shared with me. The, the paper three hundred thirty four thousand dollars a month for four months. What is it for the orphans? Their medical attendant. They don't have anyone. No family at all. As well as the foods, their their upkeep and the roof over their head. She has built that. So she's taking the money and using it in good places. And of course, she doesn't let anybody steal it. Right. And it's remarkable what she's doing. That's awesome. Yeah. We we are a faith-based uh, operation. The, the government places the children into the home, and when they find somebody to adopt them, they take them out of home. Um, but normally. Uh, uh, we don't receive any funding from the government because it allows us to be able to teach them and also take them to church and have them involved within the programs in the church. And some of the kids have been there since birth. Some of them are getting to be 16, 17 years old. And I had the privilege to come back down here in, um, eight years ago and they were doing some remodeling and I laid the floor for them. I did some electrical work for them. We built a whole new wing to the orphanage to accommodate for the new kids. And so each year I pray and ask God to help me save enough money to be able to come back and help in the orphanage. And I don't do as much as I used to do. Uh, I'm just not as young as I used to be. I can't get up and up and down the ladder as fast as I used to. I can't go out and run around. I mean, we go out and chase a little tennis ball in five minutes in the hot sun. I'm just helping the pump and need the oxygen tank. But, uh, but the Lord is blessed. The, the orphanage is, is struggling a little bit because of the diff Can I move this, uh, this computer right here? Just kind of move it over here if you can. Let's put it on the chair. Yeah. Thank you. Right I want to open my Bible and use my... I'm, I'm trying the new... I'm, I'm, I'm trying to adjust to the new technological age and using a little tablet. Normally I have notes and memorize as much as I can and... And I still try to memorize as much as I can, but I try to use steps. So let me open this up real quick uh, for you. Today I'm going to speak on the Word of God and some different things about the Word of God. And hopefully it will be a blessing to you and 
maybe can share some information with you today that maybe you never thought about. So, if you open your Bibles to uh, Psalms chapter uh, 19, we'll, we'll read that in just a minute. But, you know, the Bible is a supernatural book. I don't know if you've ever just sat down and thought about it, but it's a supernatural book. It's written over 1,500 years. It had more than 40 different authors. They came from all different parts of life, all walks of life. Some were from Asia Minor, some from Southern Europe, some from Mesopotamia, others from the Middle East. They were kings, farmers, fishermen, historians, prophets, apostles, free men, slaves. But in all the different things they were, they had one particular connection. And that was through the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Now, if you look with me real quick, I'm, uh, uh, in 2 Peter chapter 1, I, oh, let's look at that one first before we look at Psalms. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 1. And you'll see in verse number 20. It says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scriptures is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old times by the will of man, but this is important, but the holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. It's amazing to me that over 1,500 years and 40 different men wrote in Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic, and not one of them knew at the time they were writing their portion of the Scripture that one day it would be contained in one perfect book called the Bible. Amen. It was amazing. There is, there is mathematical symmetry. There's poetry. There's structural uh, perfectness within the Bible. And not one of them knew that this would happen, but yet it fits together perfectly into the perfect Word of God. That's right. Amen. There's no other explanation for the Bible's accuracy, for its coherency. When each of the writers at the time of the writing that took part in the Scripture had no idea this was going to happen. They were moved by the Holy Spirit of God to write what God intended for you and I to know. Several times the Scripture says if we wrote everything that we had heard from Christ, there wouldn't be enough volumes to fill it. John said on the Isle of Pathomus when he wrote the book of Revelation that God told him not to write everything that he saw but just this stuff for us. The Bible says in John, uh, 1 John, that these things are written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. 2,000 years ago, God knew you and I would have doubt. But he had it written specifically for us. Pastor Steve was talking about having one death and two deaths earlier in our Sunday school lesson. Revelation chapter 20, verse 21, I believe, says that the book of life was open and it was read. And those that were not found in the book of life were cast with hell and Satan to the lake of fire. And this is the second death, a spiritual death. Everybody has. A physical birth, and everybody's going to have a spiritual birth or a spiritual death. He mentioned Nicodemus, and the Bible says Nicodemus 
We're talking unto the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Lord Jesus Christ said unto Nicodemus, You must be born again. Of course, Nicodemus, like us, if somebody walked at you and said, Hey, you must be born again, you think, Man, you're crazy. You want to fly back in there. <laughs> that was what Nicodemus thought, just like you But Jesus was talking about, You must be born of the Spirit and of the water. A lot of people say, Well, that means baptism. Say, You don't know. When your mama has a baby, the water breaks first. You're born of the water the first time. You're born of the Spirit the second time. The Word of God is the only thing more powerful than anything in the world that can quicken the Spirit and bring Him to the knowledge of salvation. The Word of God is powerful. Through the ages, the Word has withstood many who have tried to silence it. And we're going to get into that in just a minute. In Psalms chapter 19, Psalms chapter 19, look at that real quick with me. We're going to look at verse 7 through 11, and I want to point out just a few things to you. Psalms chapter 19, verse 7 says, The law of the Lord is what? Perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise and simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean. <coughs> Pardon me. Enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yes, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them and the servant worn and in keeping of them there is what? Great reward. You'll find many times throughout the scriptures that God promises certain things if you learn the scriptures, if you retain the scriptures. If you follow the scriptures, if you keep his commandments. Uh, King Solomon was talking to his son in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. He says, My son, listen, my son, keep my commandments. Son said, Why, Dad? Because if you keep my commandments, you will live long on the earth. A promise. There are other parts. The Bible says, Children are made parents, or this is right beside the Lord. Honor thy mother and father, so that it may be well with thee, so that thou mayest live long upon the earth. Ephesians chapter 6, 1 and 2. Promises over and over again. Let's pray real quick. Father, <coughs> excuse me, thank you so much for the time that you've allowed me to come here and for the sign people and just uh, share God's holy word with them. Lord, please control my thoughts. Control my mind, especially my tongue. Lord, help me to only speak the words that you have given unto me to share with these people. Lord, thank you for each and every person here today. I pray you bless their hearts. I pray you bless their minds. Please open their hearts and their minds to receive the word of God today. There's nothing more powerful than the word of God. It's the only thing that can save, make a person come to the same knowledge of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for this church and for Pastor Steve and his wife Wanda. Thank you for the opportunity today. 
I pray you bless this time we have together. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 You know, there are some wonderful things about this passage. And uh, we'll talk about it in just a minute. But you know, through the ages, there have been many people who have tried to silence the Bible. One of the, of the people, if you're, if, you're, if you're a person of history, and I love history, Diocletian was a Roman emperor. And uh, back around, uh, I think it's 300, 300, 303, back in that time frame, a little bit before my time, sorry. Uh, but uh, Diocletian, he, he tried to burn all the Bibles. He made a decree to burn all the Bibles. He made a decree to martyr all the Christians in the different. He tried to silence it completely. He thought that his power was more powerful than God. You know the amazing thing that over 20 years later, Constantine became the emperor of Rome, and Constantine said that the Word of God is the only thing that's infallible. It is the final word. It is infallible. 20 years later, my feet was dead and in the grave, and my word is still kicking. Still moving. Their church was still growing. Voltaire was a famous person back around the turn of the century. Oh, the 18th century. And he predicted God's word would lose its voice within 50 years. Do you know, half a century later, the Geneva Bible Society. Kind of funny. The Geneva Bible Society was printing Bibles in Voltaire's home, and some say on the very printing press that Voltaire used. The Bible will be gone in 50 years! It's still going. It's still powerful. It's still changing lives. It's still changing hearts. It's still redirecting minds. It's still changing paths of lives. Today, the Bible is difficult to obtain or legal in 52 countries. But you know, every time a country says you can't have the Bible, every time somebody cuts off the church, do you realize that the church just gets stronger? It just moves faster and grows more rapid. In some of the places you don't even think about this morning, like Iran and Iraq, have some of the fastest growing movements of church building in the world. If they get found out, they get killed. They get martyred. But they still want to serve the loving, risen Savior. Because the word of God is powerful. In China, China's tried many times to stop church building. China is trying many times to cut out all churches in China. <coughs> I had a friend who was able to go to China. They took bits and pieces of the Bible in China. He said when people came in, in the secret underground churches, and if they were found out, they'd be taken and put in prison. But when people would get to work, they would get in little groups and they would share them. And they'd tear pieces off and they would memorize and memorize and memorize and memorize because they didn't want to be caught with the full Bible. But they knew if they had part of the Word of God, it would change their lives. Amen. And the church is still growing. The church is still alive. Why? Because the Word of God is powerful. The Word of God. It's kind of funny. Every time an attack happens on the gospel and on the word of God, each time the death knell is sounded, it rises once again. Moses, 
has outlived Voltaire. Isaiah has outlasted Ingersoll. Y'all know who Ingersoll was? He was early 1800s. He was supposedly a person who could go anywhere in the world and fill a building because he was a great orator. He was an agnostic. And his great, uh, the things he talked about was how to disprove the Bible was real, how God doesn't exist. But guess what? The apostles have outlived in Ingersoll. Amen. The Bible is still going strong, but Ingersoll is in his grave. It says in Isaiah chapter 40, the grass withers. The grass withers. The flower fades, but the word of God is for what? Ever. Ever. Psalm 119.89 says, Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in the heavens. The Bible says the word of God is written in the stars. It will not change. The hills may crumble and the earth may fall apart and the stars may fall from heaven, but the Word of God will last for eternity, forever. Amen. It's what changes us. It's what motivates us. It's what causes us to save money and sacrificially go somewhere and tell others about the gospel because you want to see people know the same God you do. You realize there's only two places a person will spend eternity. John chapter 14, verse 6 says, I am the, I am the, tr uh, the truth, the life of the Lord, and, and I am the only way. No one comes to the Father but by me. I am the life, the truth, and the way. No one comes unto the Father but by me, through Jesus. You can believe all the other religions in the world, and there's a lot of people, of good people, they have other religions, believe other things, but if they don't know Christ as the personal Savior, the Bible says that you'll either go to heaven or hell. It does not mention another place. I, my son, bless his heart, Timothy, <coughs> he's a unique young man. He wears his little shirt and says, I live in my own world. That's okay. Everybody here loves me. And he says to me, Daddy, how could a loving God tell somebody, depart from me, for I have me. And send him to a place he knows is terrible at I said, son, I'm like God. I can't answer everything for you, but what I can tell you is this. If I sent you to die for everybody in this world on a cross, and somebody spit at you and rejected you, I have a hard time letting them come live with me. Now God is love. He loves everyone. But He doesn't love the actions of everybody. That's the difference. God loves everybody. The world will tell you God is love. He will not judge you. That's wrong. The Bible says He will judge you. Revelation chapter 20 says that the great white throne of judgment, the book of life, will be open. And other books will be open. And every deed will be read. And every name that's not written, the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. You say, well, that's pretty tough. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not God in life. But I believe it because God's not a liar. Because if He is a liar, none of us would be true, not one bit.
If one bit of this is not true, then nothing we believe is true. And I believe it. I don't want to see anybody go to hell. That's one of the reasons I come here every year. That's one of the reasons I work with children. That's one of the reasons I look for ways to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. I want them to go to the same place I'm going. I want them to be blessed as I am blessed. Not because I'm special, but because I one day I was sitting in church camp and a guy got up and preached on heaven and hell, Dr. Paul Levine, and he said, Do you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior today? Have you read the Bible where it says that thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that Christ has raised him from the dead? Thou shalt be saved. Romans 10, 9. Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I went to bed that night. And I was embarrassed because I had invited three of my friends to go to camp with me. But I knew that if I died that night, I was not going to heaven. And it's all good 13 year old kids did. And I heard that little voice say, Mark, you know you're not saved. You know you're not going to heaven. I turned over on the other side of my head. But the voice still was there. Mark, Mark, you know you're not going to heaven. So I did the next person. I put the pillow over my head. Then I couldn't breathe. But the voice was still there. Then I put the covers over my head and said, No! Mark, you know you're not saved. You haven't made that decision. Everybody's a sinner. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sinners death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5.8 says, But God commands our love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Why? Why? He knew I was going to be a sinner, but he still died for me. And I got up with the Dr. Gary Coleman. I said, Doc, you got to show me how to be saved someone. It's 1230 at night. Go in. I said, No, please. And he got up my bed and he showed me verses I knew backwards and forwards. Because I need Christ as my personal Savior. I don't want everybody else to have that same privilege. The Word of God is perfect. As we see here in Psalms chapter 19, the first verse says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Second, then it says, The testament of the Lord is sure, making wise simple. Then it says, The statute of the Lord is right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. You know right here, the psalmist David in Hebrew poetry combines theology with a parallel structure that shows symbolism and insight into the power of God's Word. <coughs> Look at it with me just a minute. David gives six different synonyms. Cinnamon. I love cinnamon. The synonyms for the Bible. Look at it. He says in verse number 7, the law of the Lord. Substitute the Bible. What would the Bible say? The Bible is perfect. Correct? The second sentiment he uses is the testimony. 
And he says the testimony of the Lord is sure. Oh, the Bible is sure. It's true. It's pure. It's righteous. It's perfect. The commandment of the Lord is pure. The Bible is pure. The fear of the Lord is clean. The Bible. What does it say next? The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous. The Bible is true and righteous in all its faults. We can take those six things that he describes here, sinners, and put the Bible there that is perfect. Because the whole Bible is about the Word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And what God's plan was for us what his plan for redemption was, what the death of Jesus Christ on the cross was, or what the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ on the third day was, it was all perfectly put together in the Word of God. The Word is powerful. The Word is powerful. Just notice something else in verse 11 and 12. The Scripture comes directly from Him. It's a book of promise. It's a book of action. It's a book of directions for life. It's a book of love. It's a book of judgment. It's a book of forgiveness. It's not just something you read and put back down or put on a shelf. It's something you keep. <coughs> it's something you memorize. It's something you, you keep in your heart and your mind because it will change your life. Amen. It's something that as a Christian you need every day. There's not a day that goes by that you don't need to read the Scriptures. When the sisters come in your life, you don't know what to do and you get confused. You don't run around and ask every person you know. You don't run around and seek a fortune teller. You don't Google it and say, hey, what do I need to do? No. The Word of God will direct you and guide you and help you with the decisions in your life to make a decision that is powerful. One that will bless you. One that will bless your future. Many times we run around and we ask people around us, now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with a good, wise counsel. The Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. But many times we move what we do, what the world does is when problems happen, they run around the circle, scream and shout, what do I do? First thing you should do is pray. When you don't know what to do, pray. When you don't know where to go, pray. When you don't know what decision to make, pray. When the doctor tells you they might, you might have cancer, pray. When the doctor tells you, hey, I don't know what's wrong, can we have to run a bunch of tests? Pray. <coughs> My son, Mark Jr., was 25 years old, went to the doctor one day because he had a mole that was bothering him. The doctor said he told him he had cancer. Said they'd do an operation on him. They took his, cut him across here, peeled his face back. Took out 46 different lymph nodes. They thought they got it all, but they did. I was in California speaking at a conference. Now, home, there was a letter to me. Dad, one time you read this, I already had an operation. I didn't know what to do. What are we going to do? I just walked in the door, unpacked my bags, read the letter, got up, repacked my bags, got 
a car went to Houston, Texas. I think I made it two and a half hours. And I said, you know that's not, that's not good. It's the way I drive. <laughs> I was like, I was praying. I'm not going to see God. I'm not sure that's about you for prayer. But <laughs> I wanted to get there for him. When I walked in his room, he started crying. Bring all your requests unto him. And my son says, Man, I've heard you preach that before, but why? I said, Look at the next verse, son. And the peace that passeth all understanding shall be added unto you. I didn't know what we were going to do. I didn't know what tomorrow held, but I knew God did. Amen. I didn't know how to comfort him, but I knew God could comfort him. the next eight months as my son lived, I sold my house, I did everything I could to take care of him after eight months he passed away. Four days before he passed away, he was laughing about something. One of his nurses had fallen in love with him. He was always talking about it. I was like, something else. One day he was laughing sitting in his wheelchair. I said, son, I told you not to be thinking about that nurse. He said, no, I can't and I went over and I got a little closer to him and grabbed the back of my head and pulled me down. I said, hey, so just because you don't have any hair don't mean you need to pull my eyes. He said, no, man, look at my eyes. I looked at his eyes. He said to me, Dad, thank you. I'm making a difference in my life. God is powerful. Once we begin to understand the Word of God, we can realize His power in our lives. The Bible has all the essentials of this life, the power of God to do His work. Isaiah says that the Word of God in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 through 11, we won't read by just a minute because of time, but it says in those verses that the Word of God will not return void. 
The word of God will not return void. It is alive. It is powerful. It will bless your life if you memorize it and if you study it. Sanctification or spiritual growth. You need the book every single day that, to, to be able to grow, to be able to mature. I don't understand everything God says in the Word of God. I wasn't meant to understand everything in the Word of God. First Corinthians, the love chapter says, we look through Christ dimly. And we see in part, but we don't grow apart. But when that which is perfect has come, then we shall know. The perfect thing is Jesus Christ. When He comes, we'll know. When we go to heaven, we'll know. But until then, I trust God that whatever He has on here is the truth. Amen. That it's real. That it helps you. That it girds you. Pastor Steve talked about Ephesians chapter um, uh, 6, and verse number 18 of love says, Be strong in the power of the mind of our Lord Jesus Christ, and put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the fiery darts of the evil one. Talks about putting on the breast, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, having your loins gird with the truth and Having the gospel peace upon your shoes. Using the sword of the Lord to do battle. Why? Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and rulers of darkness and evil in high places. That's why. We need it to do battle. The Word of God is essential for you to grow. From the standpoint of evangelism and the mission, it's important for you to know the Scripture so that when... Uh, <coughs> in the New Testament, I believe in the book of Peter, it says this. Be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. What hope lies inside you? Frank, what, 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 what hope lies inside your heart? You know that you are saved. You receive Christ your person saved. You have the hope of eternal life in your heart. The Bible says to be ready to give that answer to somebody else. It doesn't mean you have to be a pastor. It doesn't mean you have to be a missionary. It doesn't mean you have to be a teacher. What it says to you is be ready to give an answer to the hope that's inside your heart, no matter who you come in contact with. There's a story in Mark that says a man came to Jesus and God healed him. And he says unto this man, in Mark chapter 5, verse 19, I believe, he says, go home and tell my friends what great and mighty things I have done for you. Great in my things. <coughs> the Bible is the power and the ability to bring people to salvation. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, I already said to you a while ago, but Romans 1, Romans 1, 16, verse says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation, not to just me only, but to the Greek and the Jew. Whoever believes, the Bible is true and that Jesus died upon the cross was buried in the grave, arose again the third day. The Bible says it has the power to save you. Amen. Listen, I can bring all the works of the greatest authors of all time. I can bring in philosophers like uh, Socrates. I can bring in J.K. Rollins. I can bring in Stephen King. I can bring in all these different authors that you know about. I can combine them in one volume and not one thing in that Bible is able to touch the wisdom that resides in the Word of God. The things that they say and the things they write about cannot touch the miraculous power of God's Word in your life. Mm -hmm. 
Corinthians 1.18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness unto those who do not believe. But to those of us who believe, it is the power Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. What does it say there? I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice unto Him, which is your what? Reasonable service. That you may be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Listen, the Word of God is the only thing that can take a philosophy that has come from the world through TV, through music, through movies, through other things. The Word of God is the only thing that can take your mind and transform it to a spiritual thought process. <coughs> this world is not getting any better. Is that a true statement? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. When I grew up, I think I grew up in a perfect time. Of course, I'm a little prejudiced. But I grew up in the 70s. Man, good music, good fashion. We played outside all day long. We went outside the day we played when the light came on and whoever saw them came first, then we opened it. I got in more trouble for not coming home for supper. I got more spankings for not coming home and eating. I don't care about eating. I like Florida. Play the creek. Ride the back of a pickup truck. Drink out of the water holes. Ride a skateboard. No helmet, no pass. I don't know if that was very smart, but we did. Ride our bikes everywhere. We tell our parents, Mom, I'm going to spend the night with David Montgomery. David Montgomery calls his parents, Mom, I'm going to spend the night with our carriage. We would ride our bikes all night long across the town of Garland, about 20 miles. Come back, nobody bothered us. There were no goofballs, no weirdos, no child abductors. The police didn't care as long as we weren't causing That was perfect. Kids can't do that, nowadays. Unfortunately, this world's not going to be bad. But the Bible has the power to help you not conform to the philosophy of this world. The Bible has the power to help you not conform to the beliefs of this world. The Bible has the power to help you weed through the truth and the non-truth. It's the only thing that can renew your mind and transform. The power of God's Word. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Brother Steve talked about that this morning. The Word of God is more powerful than any two-edged sword, dividing the soul and the spirit, even to the joints and the marrow and the, of the bone, even to the intent and thoughts of your heart and soul. Think about that. <coughs> this book, the Word of God. The sword of the Lord is more powerful than any two of the sword. Able to penetrate you to your joints and the marrow of the body. Able to discern your thoughts. Able to discern the intentions of your heart. Powerful. You have to ask yourself sometimes, are my thoughts godly? You ever had to ask yourself that? I have. God, when I did this and I was trying to serve you, was my intention because I love you and I want to glorify you or is it because I want recognition? Have you ever had to ask yourself those things? Sure. 
You stay in here. It won't take long. I'm going to show you. If you don't have the right spirit, if you don't have the right intention, you don't have the right loyalty in your heart, God's going to convict you. If you're a Christian, and you'll start loving and calling God for If you're not, you better start wondering, what do I need to do? Why am I not convicted of this? Why am I not changing? Why am I not growing? Why am I not doing this? You need to check and see if you better accept the Christ's universal Savior. The Bible says, for all, 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 all have sinned. Come short of the Lord God. And having said, the Bible says that sin passed upon all men. As by one man sinned and to the so that all men will die. Also, so that one man came into the world that he died for all men, so that all men may live. You may be dead, but you're alive. That don't make sense to us, but it doesn't matter. The Word of God is powerful. The Word of God can change your life. In Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. You know Jeremiah? Does anybody know who Jeremiah was? What was his name? What did they call him? The weeping prophet. It's kind of funny. Jeremiah chapter 15, 16. He says, I saw the word of God and I ate it. I consumed it. And in my heart it caused me to rejoice. Because I was named and made just like you, oh Lord. You want to know what God thinks? Read the Word of God. You want to know how God feels? Read the Word of God. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is our high priest and He was touched with all life infirmities that you and I are touched with. Sorrow, sadness, loneliness. He knew those things. But He overcame them because He has the victory. And the Bible says greater is in you than He in the world. Ye are more than conquerors. What shall separate you from the love of God? Love God? Nothing. Height, nor depth, nor breadth, or width. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Psalms 28.7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. In my heart I trusted Him. And I am helped therefore because my heart greatly rejoiced. And with my song I will praise Him. You ever get up in the morning and it's just, it's just a fantastic morning to read your Bible? You get up and for the next hour or so you have something in your head and you're just kind of humming a tune. You're just singing a song, maybe singing one of your favorite hymns. That's what it's talking about. Get up and you read it. It changes you. It quickens you. It gives you joy. It gives you a song in your head, a song in your heart. And you just got to praise God. That's the power of God's Word. All of God's words are true, every word. Psalms 18.30 says, As for God, His way is perfect. Perfect. The word that the Lord has been tried. He is a buckler to all who trust Him. What is a buckler? A shield, a help, a defender, strength. I remember when my son was sick, really sick one day, and I got up. Like God, I don't know how I'm going to encourage you today. I read that God is my rock for my salvation. In whom shall I trust? I read the stories about the Colby's rabbits. And it says the rabbits would run to the rock to hide from their predators, their salvation. And I said, God, today I'm going to hide with you. You're going to have to give me strength because I have no clue what it is. And he did. He did. Proverbs 12.15 says, The way of the fool is right in his own eyes. 
The way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds the counsel is wise. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Why? Because if you would acknowledge him, he would direct your Problem in life? See God. Situation needs decision? Pray and see God. Pray. Pray. See God. See God. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Pray. Talk to God. Talk to God. That's how you discover things in life. In James chapter 1, verse 25, it says this, But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty, the Bible, and continueth therein. In other words, lives in it, stays in it. He is being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. And this is the best part. And that man shall be blessed in his deeds. The word of God will bless your life. And it will bless the people around you. If you just let it overflow on the top of it. As you read the Bible on a daily basis, there's a couple things I wrote down. And let me go through it real quick. Do I have time to go through it, Brother Steve? I, 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 didn't, I don't have a watch. I'm not sure about the time. So. <coughs> when you read the Bible, it's important to find a place where you have peace. No distractions. A place where you can read and concentrate on what you're reading. Take a pen. Take a mark. Mark it. A lot of data. I used to, when my kids had a tough test at school, I would read scripture and Psalms and Proverbs. Because I would read five chapters of Psalms and one proverb every day. You read one proverb every day and read through it the whole month. Every month. And I made a little note in there today. I think that's a hard test for history. Lord Jesus, please help me with that. And I can go back and I can look at that and it made a smile on my face to know that I was praying for myself. I was showing Sarah. My wife, the other day, some things I put down about our junior. In one of the verses in Psalm chapter 39, gave me strength that day. And I said, Lord, today is a hard day. And I can tell Mark that there's nothing else they can do for me. I don't want to do that. Please help me. Just a woman helping me. I trust you. I'm placing my trust and strength in you, brother. Make notes. Make them. Also, you can do this. You can, you can take time to memorize Scripture. You can meditate on Scripture. When, when you're reading the Word of God, it starts to penetrate your soul and God shows you, oh, you know, I could have improved my attitude here. Make a note of it. Make a note of it. Make a note of it. Write it down. Pray about it. Look at the Scriptures over and over again. Meditate on it. When God starts to show you that in your life where you've changed, write a note down. Praise God. God is helping me apply this in my life. Why do you need to do that? Because the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, 14, ye are the light of the world. Not you, if you want to be. Not if you're intelligent. Not if you've been looking. Not if you're dressing. Not if you're eloquent and you're in your shop. It says ye are the light of the world. One of the ways God encourages us is once we start growing in grace and we let the word of God penetrate us and the power change our lives, 
when he shows us little things here and little things there, we make notes of them. God starts to show us these things alive. We start improving these areas. Then start praying, God, thank you. Praise God, thank you. Help me to continue to prove. But Lord, please, show me somebody around me that's struggling in the same area so I can be an encouragement to them. Because when you share with other people and it encourages other people and they start changing their lives and they get a blessing, it will encourage you to do more. Say, oh, this is awesome. I helped that person. Thank you, God. Let me help somebody else. The Word of God is powerful. The Word of God will change your life. Memorize it. Meditate on it. And remember, no matter what you do, when you walk out these doors today, you might be the only light in lost and dark and dying world sees. The whole story about you know, the world says, you remember the song when you were growing up? Did you have any old church when you were growing up? You ever seen the song with this little light on I'm going to let it shine. This little light of modern, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No! I'm going to let it. That's, that's what he's talking about. You are the light. That is a dark world. It's not getting any better. Be ready to give a hope, an answer for the hope inside you. Be the light. Be an encourager. Help somebody else. Ask God for the opportunity. And be a help. Ask God for the opportunity to be encouraged. Ask God to put somebody in your life that don't know Christ so you can tell them the hope that lies inside If you do that and you trust God's word, it can change a person's That's true. Bow your heads and close your eyes for just a minute. I don't know what y'all normally do at this time, but remember, the word of God is powerful. It can change your life. And today, if you're not sure you know Christ is your personal Savior, if you've never come to the realization that the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you, have, if you don't remember a time or a place that you bowed your head and said, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know there's no way I can make you take because the Bible says you're the only way to heaven and I need you to forgive me my sins so I can go there. If you've never done that, make the day the day of salvation for you. Make today the most miraculous, life-changing thing that has ever happened in your life today. Except Christ is your personal sin. Nobody will go to heaven without Christ. Nobody will enter the gates of heaven if they haven't accepted Christ and asked Him for forgiveness. And thank, thank Him for dying on the cross for you. Is there anybody here today? Just raise your hand on the side. Just me. I'm the only one looking around. Real slow. Pray for me, brother. I'm not sure I'm saying Pray for me. I've never made that decision. Anybody like that? Anybody like that? Okay. Anybody here today say, Brother Harris, I never thought about how powerful the word, the word God is. I'm going to try to start applying tomorrow so that I can be an encouragement to my brothers. Anybody like that? Pray for me, brother Harris. Pray for me. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? I don't know what's going on in your heart. I don't know what's going on in your mind, but God does. Bless each and every one of you. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to share God's word this morning. Thank you for the attention, the tenderness. Thank you for 
blessing my heart and my mind as I study this week. Help me to be more like you, Lord Jesus. Change me to be more like you. Help me. Put somebody in my life that I can be a blessing to you, Father. Put somebody in my life I can witness you and I come to know Christ in a person city. Lord, as people raise their hand this morning, I have no clue what's going on in life, but I pray you'll touch them. I pray you'll bless them. I pray whatever it is, Lord Jesus, they'll start working on it today. They'll commit it to you. And they'll continue to pray about it, continue to search the scriptures about it. And then when they start giving an answer for it, they start changing. They'll make a note of it to praise you for it. And then they'll share it with somebody else that needs the same encouragement. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless each and every one of these dear people in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. We'll sing just as I am. If there's any decisions that are needed this morning, now is your opportunity to make that decision for the Lord.
you come? And we're going to have our closing prayer in just a moment. But we had a great sermon today. But you know what? He didn't say anything about his wife. I just knew that he was going to introduce Sarah and tell us the most wonderful thing that has happened to him in a long time. Well, so, to tell you the truth, the greatest blessing of my life, I never thought I'd ever get married again. And um, when Sarah uh, sent me a message during COVID and asked me how COVID was affecting people in Texas, I said, well, we've been blessed. It's not as bad as what you have in Panama where you can't get out and do things. And... Uh, I had been dating a young lady a couple of years before, and she knew that, and so she never really contacted me out of respect. And um, she said, okay, well, I'll, 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 um, I'll go. I'll keep it short because I know you have a girlfriend. And I said, no, I really don't. And I woke up with her. And uh, that was that. We didn't talk anymore. Well, about two days later, she sent me a message. She said, would it be okay if we talked? <laughs> I said, yeah, I would love it. I love practicing my Spanish. I need that very much. And I uh, talk to people in Panama, do Messenger and other things. But, uh, so we talked for a couple weeks on Messenger. And I used my translator to talk to her, and she used hers and all that to me. And uh, finally, one day, I don't know what got into me. I really don't. Uh, I said, hey, why don't I call you so I can hear your voice? She said, great. And I hung up and I said, great. What are we going to talk about? Hola. Well, let's talk. That's it. <laughs> but um, for a few weeks we talked like that, and then little by little, she blessed my heart. She helped me. She helped me with my conversational skills. She me new words, how to say things. And I can actually have carry on the conversation talking to people now and carry on the lengthy conversation, which I couldn't do before. And over the year that we were in quarantine, we were talking back and forth and sharing with each other. And a little bit after the next year before I was going to I hadn't told about my missionary in Panama, the church in San Antonio. And she had heard about me. Um, we met each other, and our hearts were knit together with fell in love. And we got married last year, and God's blessings. Amen. We still have the moments where she'll say something to me, I'll say, Gary? She'll say, Yeah? I'll say, Hey, possible! <laughs> you know, but, but little by little, God's. God helps us, the Spirit God helps us, and we're going to be a long way. And she's the greatest blessing in my life. I've never in my life looked at me in the video on my Corazonita. La persona es la corazón más buena, es más bonita. I've never met a person in my life that has the most beautiful heart, full of compassion, full of love, and full of wanting to serve others. This young lady right here is that person. And she blesses my life. And I thank God for Thank you, Lord. Just in my life, Sarah. <laughs>
contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Thank you and God bless.